Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Yeah. Leading us HBO, on this journey are the hosts <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. of the Mind Vine Podcast, <laughs> okay. Daryl Mathers and Chris so, Bovey. Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast. Thank uh, you. My name is Daryl Mathers, and this is Chris Bovey, my welcome. co-host. And we are at the Mental Health for All conference uh, here in Toronto, being hosted by CMHA. We've been having guests all week uh, as they go into sessions and presentations and as they come out. And uh, we're pleased to welcome Dr. Karen Cohen from the Canadian Psychological Association. I got that right. Thank you. And uh, you're the CEO, and you actually were presenting just a a few minutes ago. So welcome. I was. Thank you. And can you tell us a little bit about what you were just doing here this morning? Well, the theme of the panel was really to have a look at our healthcare system and sort of really fundamentally address whether, you know, there's equity in it. Do people, when they're dealing with mental health problems, have the same access to service? as people with physical health problems. I think it's probably a resounding no. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots we can do as governments and decision makers and service deliverers to um, improve upon what we're doing now. Hmm. And one, of the, one of the things that's interesting I saw come out, it was a private member's bill, and they don't tend to go very far, but this notion, it came up in the select committee of a, a separate ministry for mental health and addictions. Hmm. What, what is your thought on, does it need to be separated from, from health in some way? Yeah, I, you know, I think there's a few challenges for us. If you look at other countries that I think who've progressed a little bit further, uh, Australia, the, the UK, in terms of people being access, uh, having access to treatments and supports, they've had really central health authorities, right? They've had national health authorities. I think one of Canada's challenges, we have to do it 10 times. Mm. 10 different decisions have to be made with complex funding formulas um, to advance it. And, and I think that's a harder thing to do than if it was just one government, one funder making that decision right that single source accountability i think the mental health that's one of the struggles that we have is accountability is all over the map and when when you have sort of a single source accountability everything seems to flow better and align better you know i always have this vision in my head it's like a bunch of people milling outside a bus everybody knows where the bus needs to go probably many of them could drive it but no one is sort of taking that leadership and getting up and driving the bus I think, I think when it comes to mental health services and supports, that's the issue. You say whether, you know, there's need for a separate ministry. We also tend to treat illness very categorically, mm. right? This is physical and this is mental. And in reality, it's not like that. I, when I was in practice as a psychologist, I worked in physical medicine rehabilitation, people dealing with chronic disease, um, managing very chronic conditions. Mm-hmm. You can line up five people with the same physical health condition, and they're all going to cope with it differently. Yeah. Because of their biology, their psychology, their social context. So, mm-hmm. you know, we like to think that, uh, in silos, but yeah. life isn't like that. And one of the challenges, though, I, with mental health and addictions compared to other um, others is that from a ministry standpoint, it touches on so many. Because now we're dealing with, it could be corrections, it could be child and youth, it could be all these separate ministries when yeah. we think about mental health that may not apply if it was cancer or something else. How do we align? How would you bring that together so it's we're looking at the entire support yeah. that's needed? I think there's a lot of movement in healthcare delivery to bring health to where people are rather than to have people come to the healthcare. 
And, and I think that's one of the challenges that we see is that the care exists in fairly expensive tertiary care facilities like yours, mm -hmm. um, but that may not be the best place to deliver all the care that's needed, right. right? And so we saw that in mental health. We saw that in the 60s and 70s and when they decided to deinstitutionalize, but we mm -hmm. never made the commensurate investments in communities. Mm -hmm. And so now when I graduated as a psychologist, my colleagues went to work in the public sector. They worked in hospitals, they worked in correctional facilities, and they worked in educational um, uh, institutions as well. But more and more now are going to the private sector, mm -hmm. part because those jobs may not exist in the same way. And when you put it in the private sector without investing any health care dollars there, people can't access it unless right. they're wealthy or they have good extended health care plans. True. What's, like, this is a common theme, that the system is kind of fragmented, that it's a patchwork, that it's, you know, it's a century old and it, and it needs updating. And everybody's got ideas. We were talking to somebody yesterday who wants to blow it up and start over, and which doesn't sound bad when you're sitting there talking to them. But you need leadership to do that, right? Like, So what, yeah. what's it going to take yeah. uh, for real change to happen? Well, I think, I, I think we have to stop thinking that there's one perfect solution out there that's going to solve all the issues. If I were to say to you today, I've got this treatment, doesn't matter what's hurting you, what part of your body, what condition it is, take it and you'll be better. It would be ridiculous. Nobody, we wouldn't pretend that we have the one physical health solution. Same is true for mental health. I think uh, what we've been recommending to governments is that they integrate mental health into primary care. That's where people go when they have their health problems. They should have access to care there and pick a sentinel problem or a sentinel population and try and do that well. So if you want to invest in children and youth, we're going to get our biggest return on investment in children and youth, then develop a program delivered in places that responds to the needs of children and youth. Maybe another jurisdiction wants to start with seniors or another with depression and anxiety because those are the most common problems. Pick something, do it well, and then grow it would be my recommendation. Yeah, I mean, the challenge that we see... Um and it's hard for us in the field to even navigate, but there's just, even here, you see, there's so many programs, there's so many, like, different stigma, like, there's so much going on, but it's not pulled together as sort of one. It's it's very fragmented. It's hard for the public to know. Where do I where, go? Where do I go? And um, My child's this age now. Yep. Do they go here? Do they go there? Yep. Um, and that's, we seem to not come together and pull together um, to create one system that really works for people and it's yep. responsive. Yeah, sort of a collaborative team yeah. working together where people can respond when and where the team is needed. I absolutely agree. Um, it's not easy to do. You know, if we want to go where kids are, we shouldn't be going to clinics at all. We should be going to schools. So, I mean, yep. th there's a lot of decision points that have to be made. But we don't have a system that easily supports that collaboration. We just mm -hmm. don't because we pay for venues and we pay for physicians. Mm -hmm. Right. When you're based in in Ottawa, you do a lot of you wear a lot of different hats besides uh, your role as CEO. You've done a lot of work as a consultant, I think, and uh, creating reports for government and different briefings. Do you find this government, I'm speaking federally, is more receptive to some of your ideas or your thoughts, or from uh, just more receptive to listening? Or where do you kind of feel that the government is today? So, so the work I've done uh, with government presenting to committees and so on has been on behalf of CPA. Um, and I, yes, I do think there's a much better recognition of the gaps in mental health for absolute sure. I think there's more, um, there's certainly commitment to do something 
right and do something better. Um, the Well, we've changed federal ministers of health now, but certainly Minister Philpott was committed to targeting the transfers for mental health. We've never seen that before. That's terrific. But then the conversation shifts a little bit. So now that there's going to be these targeted transfers, what are the provinces going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Right? And so we've been trying to work with our provincial association partners to have those provincial level conversations to say, here's some ideas. As an association, we invested a fair bit for a small not-for-profit. and We commissioned this report from a group of health economists and we said, look what's going in the rest of the world, UK, Australia, great things. If we did it in Canada, what would it look like and what would it cost? And we've taken those recommendations and we've been trying to talk to government at all levels, mm-hmm. um, suggesting here's some ways you can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's always a challenge, right? Could be a new government. I mean, yeah, <laughs> policies and, and philosophies change as new governments change or come in, and it's hard to, you know, in a short time span, evoke real it change is. in a very short sort of political cycle. But we did it once, right? Yeah. We did it. Yeah. We did it with our public health care system, such as it is. But I think, you know. You can only put band-aids on a boat for so long, mm-hmm. right? But do you feel uh, do you feel that mental health has kind of risen to a, to a point that it is going to be a priority for whatever the next government is? I think I think before, I think you're right. The government would change, and because it was kind of on a surface of being an issue, or it wasn't mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't spoke about like it is today. It wasn't in mainstream society that if it wasn't a priority for the government, then it would go away. But I think now, do you not think the governments are at a point where this has to be a, a priority of some some degree, yeah. regardless of who the next government is? I, I think it is a priority, and I think we have the Mental Health Commission and CAMI and you know corporate citizens like Bell to thank for that. They've mm-hmm. done tremendous, tremendous work. People are talking about their mental health needs, acknowledging them, and and now we have to make good on that stigma we've held help to come back. Mm-hmm. We've got to give people the care that they need, and that's going to require some real and maybe painful challenging complicated change yeah. mm-hmm. and i think i think it's a, a priority for all governments but i guess where we're going to run into is you know the liberals feel it's a lynn ccac you know the merger and this is where we think it should go where another government it's a priority but we don't want to do that and then it gets torn down and we start something over again and that's where we're going to run into yeah. some challenge, I think. And, and the worry is, that, too, that, you know, we hope that the targeted transfers will be a net gain for mental health, that sure. it won't be, okay, we'll take this money here, we and then we'll move some money around yes. somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hope is really it's going to result in the delivery of evidence-based care. Well, one of our concerns is not just the delivery of um, psychological treatments, and we all heard on that panel how they are incredibly effective, especially for the two most common mental health problems, depression, anxiety. But let's not forget about the gate piece, the assessment. I mean, kids sitting for two years on wait lists because they have a learning disorder that's undiagnosed right. or un, un, uh, unaddressed is not a good thing for them, their families, communities. So there's a range of gaps. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much for oh, taking the time to, yeah. to shower with us. We could talk to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, enjoy the rest of the day.